One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and direct from our own, this is Force Center presents Other Center, and I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm spooky Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landi. I forgot something <laughs> spooky, sorry. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about it. I just was inspired by our topic. <laughs> if you had come up with one, Jen, I was going to have to throw in like Halloween marshmallow peeps. It's good. Hey, uh, it is spooky season. We've reached October. Can you believe it? October 1987. I mean, 2023 time keeps on rolling and we are going to be discussing the spooky season as it rises from the grave. Joseph's got a great list of questions about this holiday time, which is a favorite for many people. Before we get to that, we are going to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial 
at audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a force center recommends an audiobook we think uh, and maybe want you to try out on us. We also have an ask and the ask before I pitch it to Joseph uh, begins with a uh, thank you. Thank you for all who hung out with us on YouTube Friday for the live stream. It's been a lot of fun doing the other centers live, the questions of the other variety, helping to build the, the show, the brand, the channel, and keep us going and keep us engaged with all of you. But that's one way we do it, Joseph. We have an ask about the other way. That is right. Uh, we have uh, our wonderful Patreon. People have been uh, very kind, very supportive there, particularly during this other center era. Uh, we did a show a little while back that was actually a patron reward where if we got to a certain level, we were going to do a live stream, which we did. And we discussed our favorite desserts. And we found out that there are three of us uh, all like a dessert that is physically available at the same location. Uh, the Grove here in Los Angeles. So when we uh, reach our next goal, which is $2,300 a month, which we are uh, quite close to, uh, the three of us are going to take a field trip to the Grove where we can sample one another's favorite desserts. We will in one day eat some amount of cheesecake, donuts, and pie. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll do some videos while we're there, and then we'll record a podcast episode about it. Uh, we always joke about taking field trips. But uh, outside of maybe seeing a couple of the the Galaxy Far Far Away movies together, we've never done a field trip thing like this, and we've certainly never uh, reported on it in a fun <laughs> journalistic podcast style afterwards. So uh, I would love to do this if you can help us get to twenty three hundred dollars a month. That is the goal, and uh, you also, of course, get access to our Discord. Lots of fun and friendly uh, chat now about everything from pizza toppings to that galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and I want to, uh, well done. Great, great ad read there, Joseph. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited about the field trip. The, um, on the live stream Friday, we did the uh, prompt address. It was a great idea, great spin of the question. We got to uh, do a four center orders uh, a pizza together. Uh, <laughs> and that's still being discussed in some circles. Our, our buddy <laughs> is, is discussing with me. And then he, he brought in our buddy Hal Lublin in on the conversation. A lot of thoughts about chicken, chicken being the first artichoke hearts, Jen, your artichoke. <laughs> Choke Hearts um, brought a lot of thoughts, and it was <laughs> and now I actually want this pizza in real life. Yeah, that could be our next Patreon goal. We could just turn into a channel where uh, we eat weird things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of those channels that give things tries and whirls. We can just uh, we, yeah, we can field trip. Uh, right. Speaking of all that, Life Adventures is this uh, section we have here and had for years to really catch up and kind of uh, say, hey, here's who we are as people. But other centers have been all about, Harry, who's here we are uh, as people, and it's been part of the fun journey. Uh, but Jen, uh, catch us up, Life Adventures, and all of it in between. Yeah, I ended up going to the Arts District on Saturday. My husband and I actually had a date night, which was unusual mm -hmm. and fun. Um, and I have to say, if you haven't been to the Arts District in downtown LA in a few years, we used to go quite often before we have had kids. And it was cool, but it was very much like there were a lot of empty warehouses, mm. not a lot of people out, uh, not a lot of places to go to. There might be like one restaurant on a corner, and then that's about it, right? We went and it has completely changed. I felt like I was in New York City 
It, I, I, there was valets, restaurants, <laughs> bars, new comp, living complexes. It, it, I literally felt it's, I can't describe this feeling of where you, you know, a place mm. and suddenly now you're back in that place and it has completely changed yeah. and everything that you knew is gone and has been replaced by something like glossy and cool mm. and hip and there were people walking around and i felt like i had stepped out of a time machine it is one of the weirdest <laughs> experiences i've ever had <laughs> but it's pretty cool i will say it's pretty cool and it's nice to see that uh after covid that all these new businesses have kind of brought life to that area which was kind of just deserted mm. Mm-hmm. That's great. So what was what was the uh, I was gonna say what was the goal of the date, which is weird, but like what were you there to do? Were you seeing a show, going out to dinner? No, we just went out to dinner at this at this place in the uh, and I don't remember Manuela, I think it was. And it can it was just like what you had described. We're like we walk into the space, and I'm like, oh, we're out actually outdoors. We are technically outdoors. <laughs> it was yeah. really unique, a unique experience, but it was a delicious dinner. Highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. I love that. That's great. I love experience that. I, sometimes it's the other way. You go to, like, I'll go to an old mall I used to work at and be like, there's no stores here. What's happening? <laughs> is, is my past dying? Uh, right. Happened? But that's great. Something yeah, the new. other way around. Mm, beautiful. Time. Beautiful. Uh, you know what? My, my life adventures involve a, a little lack of hope. So, Joseph, you're going to have to bring us home with all the hope <laughs> in the world. I, 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 I'm in a, without giving too many details, just a small, small, a transition period in my life. Lost a, a, a job I've been working for most of this year, uh, part-time writing kind of thing, and, and kind of knew that was happening. And so once again, at a transition point, we all get those points. And it kind of gets exhausting when you're at it again. You're like, am I back to step one? Am I back to step negative two? And I've been trying to force myself to um, it, it invoke a little, uh, you know, uh, some feelings of hope and and optimism for things I have to do, including other center and force center, maybe getting back to talking about the big, uh, the big space saga that we love. And uh, so it, it was a little bit of homework this week for me to not get down, to also reconnect to things that brought me joy. I don't want to talk too much about it because it involves struck work, but I, there was a, there's a series of shows, a couple shows that I used to love or even watching football or something. I used to w- love it, like love it. You, I could have done a podcast about some of the, my favorite an- primetime animated show back in the day. And I just stopped watching six, seven years ago. Just stop, cold. And, and this morning I, I was like, I'm going to watch that season 35 premiere and I'm going to sit down like I used to and, and reconnect to some of the joys that it's, it's one thing to change and maybe not be interested as, in, in things as much, but there's, it's something that I do where I just kind of cut off and I cut things off. And then I sit there thinking of the good old days of when I used to watch or love it or have some joy from this thing. So that was my weekend trying to reconnect with joy so that I could infuse hope into my next journey of my, uh, part of my professional career. Um, and, uh, we'll see if it works out. Stay tuned, but it was, a, it was an okay weekend. It was an okay weekend. Well, without actually, uh, reviewing, uh, mm-hmm. the show, what was the emotion? Did it, did it feel like reconnecting with an old friend or did it feel like, uh, trying to recapture the old glory and time has moved on? I, uh, yeah, uh, People could probably figure out what animated show has been around for 35 years. <laughs> There's uh, not that many candidates. I laughed out loud at two moments. Like oh. legitimately breakfast burrito had to be put down because I was like that. Those are two lines that made me laugh. And it did feel like that. It was it was a particular um, 
uh, well, it's like a specific character and they've done some stuff like that before. And, and, and I just, it, it made me feel like that, but also the topic, it was about, uh, you know, uh, say a satire on, uh, funding law enforcement agencies and security agencies and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was, it was spot on and it was poignant and it was funny and it felt like a lot of things in the past. So yes, it, it was a good experiment and I'm going to continue. It's going to be a Monday, Monday morning routine instead of a Sunday 8 PM routine for me. <laughs> nice. It's always great to get back to those, uh, those opportunities or those, uh, those structures. Yes. Yes. And just, you nice know, analyzing a little self-analyzing of why, did, why did I stop? Uh, there's like 10 things I could say that in my life. Why did I stop doing that? Is it because I didn't need anymore, didn't want anymore? Or did I just unplug something in my soul? <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, is, I think time might be a factor. I know that's yeah. for me. Sometimes I'm like, why haven't I reconnected to this thing I love? Because I've been doing other things that mm-hmm. I love or watching other things that I love. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, that also, uh, final thing, sorry, I, I got to uh, catch up with a, a former uh, a guest and friend of the show, Mike Black. Uh, a lot of you remember Mike Black popping on some of the uh, Data Bank brawls, his classic voices and comments. It was his birthday this weekend. So we had an impromptu comedy store patio, midnight birthday celebration for Mike Black. So uh, Mike Black, if you're listening, happy birthday, buddy. Oh, that's <laughs> great. It's been too long since I've seen Mike. So great. Uh, Joseph, Take us home with hope and soaring spirits. <laughs> Why are you putting this on me? Um, no, I, 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 it has been a, a busy time. We talked last week about uh, having a little bit of a, a hard time. And uh, this is definitely a time where I do need to try to, to uh, reconnect with hope and just keep going. There are a lot of good things going on, but I think I'm just worn down by, by all of the various stresses of life. And it is absolutely wonderful to have uh, creative adventures. And I'm extremely lucky and privileged to have uh, creative adventures. Uh, but uh, a part of creative adventures, as you both know really well, is y- you're, you're putting your soul out there. So when you, when you get a no, it takes a lot of psychological and emotional work to go. Hmm. This is not somebody literally taking a piece of my soul and flushing it down the toilet because it's worthless, which is what it feels like you have to try to step back and, and think of all the other factors and all that. So yeah. uh, that stuff can be really hard. But uh, some some of the good stuff uh, going on this week is I spent a lot of time doing uh, creative stuff, uh, writing a story, recording uh, an audio adaptation of the story, which is all part of the Kickstarter rewards for the short film I've been working on, yeah. uh, The Nightmare Adorable. I'm also getting ready to go to Portland, Oregon this coming weekend uh, because there's going to be uh, two screenings of the Nightmare Adorable at the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, which I love. So that stuff is all uh, really positive and really exciting. Other thing that I've been doing is uh, I've been trying to exercise more by just going for walks. Mm-hmm. And it's been really lovely. I'm lucky to live in a in a nice area where there are a lot of different beautiful uh, places to walk. Uh, this is the first time I've ever felt irresponsible about exercising because it's so nice to walk away from the computer and I, I should be just like I can I can get a, like a mile and a half in in a, in a half an hour in this short loop and I keep just like wandering into the Hollywood Hills yeah, yeah. <laughs> and getting lost on purpose uh, and it feels uh, irresponsible but it's real real good exercise the thing I realized this week which is the most hopeful thing I've got is um, there are four different is that right three or four uh there are three different weird bears that i can walk to 
So that's a really hopeful and wonderful thing to live in a neighborhood where I can pick, do I want to walk to this uh, picture of Smokey the Bear? Do I want to walk to this picture of a bear or a statue of a bear in Griffith Park that has its little arms outstretched uh, as if to offer the world a hug? Do I want to walk to that bear? Or uh, there's a, a place in my neighborhood where people just randomly have a statue of a bear in their yard and I someday mm-hmm. I will knock on those people's door <laughs> and just say, thank you for having a bear in your yard for apparently no, no reason other than it brings joy. So yeah. there you go. But walking to bears is, is my hope. Walking to bears. I think that's a, that's a great song as well. And a lesson for all of us, find your bears <laughs> and walk. <to> it. <laughs> I know I've seen a couple of those bears you're talking about. I love that. Well, uh, Joseph, uh, we are going to dive into the main topic here. Spooky season, it's rising from the grave. We're here. I can smell the pumpkin spice in our kitchen right now. Some coffee's being made. So uh, take it away with uh, spooky season. Yeah, yeah. We, we have had lots of different kinds of conversation uh, on Other Center, and some of them have been a little bit heavier, and uh, some of them have been a mix of heavy and light. And I'm very curious to see... <laughs> what this one will be uh because it's a fun time that's you know grounded by the reality of uh, our own mortality yay fun but that to me is the spooky season it's one of my favorite times of year can i know you have had up and down relationship with it over the years or maybe sometimes even indifferent relationship to it i don't know a ton uh jennifer about your relationship to it so i was really excited uh, to dive in and discover all of our history with the season and our our thoughts about it. So uh, I would just want to start there. Jennifer, what is your general relationship with the spooky season? Uh, do you like it? Are you indifferent? And if so, why? I've learned to like it uh, because as we've talked about, my childhood was not so much about the spooky season. Spooky season was considered scary, bad. And it wasn't until after I had kids that I started to understand, oh, this is why it's it's fun. And you get to dress up and um, you get to go around the neighborhoods and people in Los Angeles, at least, uh, people really go all out. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do have like, you know, visual effects people and like practical, like people who build monsters for a living and you will see it on their front lawn. And it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy, but a lot of fun. So I've been learning to embrace those things. And there's also now like a cuter element to Halloween. Like I'll see these adorable little uh, ghost drawings cozy in their little tree house, making <laughs> coffee and tea. <laughs> this is side of like Halloween that I never explored until now. So I appreciate that as well. Yeah. There is a side of it that is just a, a celebration of autumn uh, yes, and, and right. everything that cozy that can come with that. I'm like, well, it's a little cold outside and maybe the dead are rising, but let's make some <laughs> cider too. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's lovely. Well, we'll talk more about uh, about the, your childhood experiences because I'm fascinated with the, sort of the the why of that. Uh, but Ken, I want to go to you. I know we'll get into childhood, and I know that mm-hmm. there's there's some great stuff there to discuss. But right now, where are you at? What's your relationship with the spooky season? Yeah, I'm trying to challenge myself to not go to 1985 or 81, where spooky season might have been changed or or permanently ruined for me. But I actually do like it. I'm, I'm with you, Jen. It, it, out here, it's such a clear season. And and I don't know, you know, Joseph, you've been maybe plugged into it a little bit better than I, um, but like, in the last couple of years, it's been like, oh, plus there's Halloween lights now. It used to be just Christmas lights. Now all the houses have Halloween right. lights. 
and we can mm-hmm. drive around. I don't remember that even five, 10 years ago in town, but um, that's part of the fun uh, for Grace and I. It's, it's her favorite season and it's important for me to uh, remember that, right? When I'm out there uh, ranting or not, or as you said, just having an indifference towards it. So I, I have gotten to enjoy it. it. It it blows me away, actually. Not that people like the holiday season and there's reasons too, and some of it, it surfaced like candy and some of it some of it might be deeper. But yeah, Jen, in our neighborhood, there's there's one particular guy that about September first, he starts building his front yard and right. he turns his house into like a haunted castle. Mm. And we're talking wood. There's teams and it's right by the coffee shop. I go to. So we always see it. And we usually go once or twice a week. So you see the progress. And and I remember when I initially saw that, I was like, why the hell is this guy doing this? Because he's got he puts uh, six weeks into it and, and he's got it up for maybe four weeks. They start taking it down. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't seem worth it. But then, you know, you drive by when everyone's there and the neighborhood comes out. They see it. And you're like, you know what? What's six weeks of hard work? For four weeks of joy, that's a good trade-off. Uh, so there it is. I'm trying to reconnect to the joy. So I, I I do allow myself to appreciate it. And I'll say this. Uh, I love October. October is a, a good month weather-wise. As a, as, a, as a baseball fan, it's a World Series. Like I've always loved October. And it kicks off the final three months of the year, which I've always enjoyed. Because I also like colder weather. So it's a complicated relationship, Justin. Yeah, no, understandably, but I like you uh, reaching for the positives. And I love what you're both saying about decorations. Uh, I think growing up in Minneapolis, it was hit and miss because mm. you kind of didn't know in October how cold it would get. Um, mm. and, and, and it is, you know, button up against uh, people getting everything all decorated for the holidays, as you're saying, for, for December time holidays. But yeah, in, in L.A., there's oh, people are starting earlier and earlier. On one of my walks up in the Hollywood Hills, um, Somebody has a large uh, statue robot. Hopefully, it's not AI um, of a of a skeleton character from a Tim Burton movie that many people uh, love. Uh, And when you walk by it, it goes off and starts talking, and you don't even have to walk that close to it. And that must be driving everyone in that neighborhood mad because they're going to be listening to that same speech for six weeks. Six. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, we'll, we'll get into the childhood stuff is as well. But I, I just got to a turning point where, um, for me, holidays were always about the main way I'd celebrate them is, can I do a show on that holiday? That'd be great. Mm. I got to a point where just like, I really like this holiday. I want to make an effort to actually celebrate it. And my wife, uh, Sarah, has been very supportive of it for the last uh, several years on October 1st. Uh, she puts out a little pumpkin that she's bought for me and writes a little note of, you know, have a happy spooky season. <laughs> um, so it, there's a part of it for me. It's just it's just uh, permission to enjoy something I enjoy. And I went on about why I like Halloween as a, a holiday on a recent Q's episode. So I'll, I'll try to keep it short. But I think for me, a lot of holidays uh, have an a- attachment of uh, family or thanks or bow your head for this reason and and try to be you know less selfish and i don't know there there are a lot of holidays for me in the way i've experienced them that have an undercurrent of expectation of guilt of do better <laughs> um halloween is just fun and fantasy and a safe place for people who feel like outsiders it mm-hmm. is you know 
pumpkin beer in Dracula cape season. It's yeah. on actual Halloween. It's you no know, dress up is weird and get free candy. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a celebration of being alive, but this, this celebration of being alive that is created uh, by being honest that not everything in life is, uh, is perfect. Um, I feel like there can be a, a pressure in society to, always remain positive, uh, a, a toxic positivity to look away from problems and scary things. And I think when, when you strip it back, the spooky season is a season to have a sense of humor about it, have a sense of fun and play and community about it. But what we're doing is confronting the darker sides of reality that, that it, you know, it's really fun to go through the neighborhood and see how many people have bought the 12 foot skeleton with light up <laughs> eyes from Home Depot yeah. Hmm. But underneath that fun is a reality that we're all skeletons and uh, yeah. we're not going to end up 12 feet tall <laughs> in people's uh, lawns, hopefully. But that's where we're all going. And there's this uh, interesting mix of dealing with that reality and having so much fun with it while looking it in the face. And, and I think that contrast is what draws me to it. Hmm. It, yeah, the dance with the darkness is a, is a great way to look at it uh, to, to 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 find the deep themes behind it. I'm also hearing reasons why I was kept from it, which aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't, I think for kids, you know, especially the way Halloween has been of like dress up like a hero that inspires you. I don't think it's all about like doom and death. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make your six year old face their mortality. I don't mean that. I mean just mm-hmm. mean kind of on a on a cultural level. Uh, yeah. there is that side of it. I think there's everything from, for kids, they got to go back to school. Uh, it's getting colder. And then suddenly they get to dress up and have candy. It's like this great like uh, reason to look forward to fall, which might otherwise bum kids out. Um, yeah. And yeah. and for adults, and I think one of the reasons it's so big in LA is, oh, man, I've been, I've been, I'm not going to talk about them because they're still struck work, been watching some of some early horror films and, they're so coded to the outsider, to the misunderstood. They're so sneaking in ideas that you couldn't put into like a proper drama at the time. There's a reason that outsiders see themselves in horror. And I think mm-hmm. it, it makes the art of horror movies, books really, really important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, there are a lot of people who gravitate toward it of, I feel like an outsider and this is my time to shine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, yeah. The history of that's fascinating. I mean, um, I appreciate that side of the horror films uh, more and more and more. Uh, yeah, I like being scared or not, but yeah, no, that's a great way to look at it. Does does um does Grace articulate to you? Does your partner uh mm-hmm. can articulate to you what uh what spooky season means to her? I think it. it usually, we're arguing over candy corn, um, which I love. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's it's probably best uh, without giving too much of her own story away. It's probably best aligned with some of the stuff you're talking about. This is the the four week period in which she was not persecuted for who she was or what she wanted mm. in life or what she wanted to dress, and and it was celebrated or explored. Um, this is someone who was pulled up in front of uh, a class in, in like fifth or sixth grade because she had black uh, black finger and nail polish on, and was. Um, uh, literally disciplined and mocked in front of the whole school um, mm. for it, uh, a, a Christian school. And um, so I think there definitely, there's a straight line from that, that personal trauma to, to uh, I get to do this 12 months of, out of the year if I want, but, but this month it, it's, it's, um, we're all on the same team 
in. And I think there's a great power in that. And, and you, you're, you're diving into some of that, the outsiders, those who feel, uh, you know, uh, not part of the, the normal thing. She's, you know, the, the, uh, don't want to quote struck movies, but you know, there's a movie out there in the mid nineties with a great soundtrack with, <laughs> identifies with a lot as a, as a young witch coming up in the world. So yeah. And she cites that stuff a lot. Yeah, and that is that is great, and I can think of a couple of different movies that might fit that. That uh, <laughs> I look forward to talking about more later. Uh, so there is a kind of a, a fun debate. I've heard comedians have have great bits about this, where sometimes when you ask people to articulate why they like uh, the spooky season or scary movies, people just say it's fun to be scared, and then sometimes it can be hard to get them to dive deeper than that. <laughs> mm. So you know, people love to say it's fun to be scared. Uh, so my question for you, Jennifer, is, is it? And in what way is it fun? Do you like being scared? And if so, is it fun to you? I don't understand these people. Uh, <laughs> my sister is one of them. My husband is one of them. Mm-hmm. My sister gets terrified afterwards. Uh, if she wa- She's obsessed with horror movies. Let's just put that out there. She's okay. obsessed with horror movies, obsessed with reading like horror books, grew up on Goosebumps. And she loves to be scared. And then she'll call me and be like, I think someone's breaking in the house. I'm like, no, no, no one is. You probably shouldn't have watched that movie, right? At like midnight. So I don't know why she likes it. I personally, I don't like it. I don't like jump scares. I hate loud noises. I don't like Halloween haunts. I went to a Halloween, the not scary farm one year as a teenager. And it was the most traumatic experience of my life. (laughs) I literally, I wanted to like fall to the ground and just cry and be like, please leave me alone. People touching you and like cut, like sliding on their knees, Mm -hmm. shaking a tin can right next to you. Like horrifying. Mm -hmm. Like my husband will come down if I don't hear him. And he's like, Hey, I will scream. So I don't, I don't get it. And I I mean, I I have not seen any of the movies from our childhood, never seen Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, Jason, uh, Halloween, uh, Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. I have never seen any of them. And I don't know if I ever will uh, (laughs) because I just, nope, thanks. I'm good. I, I don't need to have that in my mind. Um, so yeah, I am, don't like to be scared and I don't understand it. <laughs> uh, I, I love this powerful perspective that you own. Uh, I, I really wish we could be talking about the galaxy far away. Cause I have some, some follow-up questions about how it relates to, uh, different, uh, things in there, but, oh, okay. um, yeah, well, uh, I think some, I think there's, uh, uh, I think there are some scary things that are about aesthetics and ideas that are just sort of presented. Uh, so you can kind of wallow in the idea and the, the narrative isn't constructed to try to make you jump or try to get in your head. Um, right. So, I mean, and I think that's a part of the reason that I enjoy the spooky season as well. Cause it, it is, it, you know, it's about the aesthetic. It's about like, do you like capes? Do you like skeletons? Do you like bats? <laughs> you know Mm -hmm. uh but not as much about the like do you want to fear for your life every second as those are you know different extremes that we can talk about right right and there are some people who i i really get into it when i see these influencers their aesthetic is 
Halloween and spooky and they embrace it. And I, and I watch them going through these, these mazes and things like that at universal. And I'm, and I'm impressed that they can do it. They don't even flinch or if they do, they like it and they laugh. (laughs) I'm just like, wow. I just think it's really cool. Um, I'm not one of those people though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I, I, I have a theory and I could be wrong. I think that, uh, sometimes when people say it's fun to be scared, I think, uh, what some people are experiencing is it's fun to survive being scared. Mm-hmm. It's fun mm-hmm. to be scared in the moment and then to come out the other side. I oh, think certainly I think for like um, for watching like a film uh, and I think it, it, it's kind of the same process of watching uh, a scary movie, maybe like a slasher movie where, you know, that you know, the killer is in the house, but you don't know where, you know, they're going to pop up in this scene somewhere, but where there's this tension that builds and then this release when it finally happens and then you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I think it, there's with horror and comedy, there's some similarities or it can be like, it, it's the same as like kind of making it through a really, you know, uh, sort of cringe comedy about social awkwardness. Um, right. it, it, I think that tension in release that makes you feel alive afterwards. I also think about it like a roller coaster. You know, there's that tension on the first drop when you're slowly going up mm-hmm. the 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 hill, basically, and is you're getting higher and higher, being like, oh, oh, now I'm kind of afraid of the drop. But then, for people who like roller coasters, when you get the release and you drop, you know, your stomach drops for just a moment, and there's terror immediately. Feel like joy, and I I think some of it is just moving fast, but I think it's all about that. Can you endure? the tension and the fear and the moment of fear and the scream to feel that a uh, thrill of being alive. That's mm-hmm. like you feel when you're racing down a roller coaster. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I think there's a lot of that of it's fun to be scared. And then there, I think there are people who are, uh, they say it's fun to be scared, but there's such um, aficionados. They aren't actually scared anymore. Um, Mm. either they've been to a million haunted houses and they sort of pride themselves on being able to predict (laughs) when a tin can knee guy is going to come sliding and they're not actually scared because they're on top of it. They've (laughs) already sort of defeated it. Um, Mm. And I think the same thing happens with a lot of horror movies because we often root in the horror movies for the hero, but sometimes we also root for the monster. Sometimes there's catharsis when a monster kills a character we don't like. And so I think sometimes when people are enjoying horror movies, not all of them, but some of them, it's because it's actually they're actually relating to the monster. And, you know, we want we often want the hero or the final girl to survive. But along the way, the monster often kills a lot of a-holes. And you can switch from your perspective of I'm the final girl trying to survive the darkness to wouldn't it be great if I could kill that a-hole? Uh, <laughs> so there is a switch back and forth in identification. And I think sometimes when people say it's fun to be scared when they're watching a horror movie, it's also fun to feel like you have the power to be the one who causes the scare. Right. Mm-hmm. Ken, how do you feel about this, about the whole fun to be scared thing? It's a journey. Uh, there's some great things you said that made me even kind of reevaluate where I'm at with it. I, I easily, um, could, could easily say that I don't like being scared, and that comes from childhood stuff. Jen, I'm with you too. Haven't seen any of those movies. Um, no current plans in my calendar to see those movies you're talking about. It is a point of contention in my relationship because I'm partnered with someone who's like 
it's uh, it's Halloween. We're watching a scary movie every night of the of the month, and I'm like, ah, you are. Uh, <laughs> um, but but over the years, I, I trace that that comes from you know, the childhood aspect, and 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 uh, I've, I've addressed it here probably maybe too much. Uh, my mother is great, but um, she instilled a lot of fear in me, a lot of her own fears. Um, Joseph, you mentioned roller coasters. That's an interesting way to look at it because I never went on <laughs> roller coasters as a kid. Yeah. The closest I got was Space Mountain. Now, would you call that a roller coaster? I don't think so. But as a kid, that was this big unknown. I was not, I, 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 I did Big Thunder Mountain, did Matterhorn, did not go inside Space Mountain because my mother was afraid of it. And my mm. mother didn't like it. She's claustrophobic among many other things and, and wouldn't go in. So there was one year, like it was like, we're going in. And my dad and sister, my mom and me, and, and, and my mom got hit with claustrophobia and pulled me out. And it was the, this thing of like, we don't go in there. It's, it's the, <laughs> it's the, it's the dark path into the forest. And so that just kind of translated growing up. But flash, flash forward to, um, I think it wasn't just like the mid two thousands that I did proper roller coasters. I uh, went with a, a former girlfriend and her friends uh, to magic mountain. And, and that feeling you're describing Joseph, the first time we rode X two and I got off of it and I was like, I did it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I did it. That was fun. Uh, around the same time I went to the top of stratosphere in Las Vegas and rode those rides where you hang over 110 stories. Mm. And uh, I don't know if, I don't even if I do that again, but I did it. And I think, there's some of that energy and that adrenaline that does uh, does kick in that I think that's changed. I don't I don't love tin can knee guy either. Um, I don't feel the need to go to those majors. But on the times that I have, I've done it a few times here in L.A. And and you're with people. I've been with people who are legitimately like you have to like. I had this one friend. We had to like almost push her against her will into the maze. And it's like, why are you here? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> looking back, we're like maybe we shouldn't have, but it was. I mean, I remember dying laughing because those tin those tin can knee folks were sliding up to her. I could see them from twenty yards away, like putting down their you know lunch break food, going, "Oh, I got to go scare these kids." Uh, yeah. I could see them sliding, and and but her, it was like it was death. It was death, and it was amusing yeah. to me. So I, I'm not. I know I'm not that. I just think I just think I have a lingering. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't enjoy the horror movies or whatever, but I, I appreciate the themes. I think they're important themes. Um, but yeah, I, was, I peed my pants as a kid. I peed my sleeping bag as a, at a slumber party as a kid because we were watching a werewolf movie and my friends told uh, we it was scary. Uh, and then they told a wolf uh, werewolf story. And you could, oh, don't you, there's wolves out, the, out there in the neighborhood. And, <laughs> hear them. and then they told the Bloody Mary story, the bathroom. Don't, you know, don't go look in the mirror. Say it three times. She's in there to kill you. That, that was a recipe for little Kenny peed his sleeping bag and was embarrassed at this birthday party at seven. Um, so I, I think I still have, I'm still afraid of peeing my sleeping bag. And that's why I say I don't like, uh, I love what you're both saying about some of the, uh, eighties horror movies of our childhood, because Mm -hmm. I I finally went and rewatched them after hearing them or watched them Mm because I didn't get to see them when I was a kid either. And, and, uh, some of them, uh, are very effective in some I have lived in terror of for years because they're described to me on the playground in a, in a. Uh, yes, pee your pants <laughs> mm-hmm. in your in your camping gear away, um, and and others are laughably not even remotely scary. Uh, and when I finally watched the films, it was like a release to be like, I can't believe I have been scared of the thought of this for years, and it is the least scary thing I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah I, I, but I'm with you, you both too. I think from there, there's a difference between. 
uh, say, a roller coaster or watching a horror movie where you sort of, you surrender yourself to it, uh, but no one's going to touch you. Um, I, in fact, saw some ads today for a friend advertising. Uh, we've got a no-touch on it house. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah. I uh, told the story on our live stream, so I won't tell again about going to a haunted house. And, and I think uh, for me, having had to deal with some physical bullying, um, it is a trigger. Uh, the, it, it, the, a thing I've been afraid of for years finally happened in a Target toy aisle where I was looking at a toy. And, and it is like a six-year-old kid, just wanted to look at the toys. But I just felt this force shove my hip. And like I almost, you know, lashed out. <laughs> it's like, oh no, it's a child who wants to look at toys. So I, I can't do. I don't like doing the the haunted house, and I would not like Tin Cup Man either, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah. yeah. Please, no touch. <laughs> no touch. Uh, so we're talking a little bit about sort of like tone and atmosphere. So, um, can to you, what is the difference between spooky and scary? Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a, a you know, straight up like a horror film versus a, a thriller, right? And uh, I, I find over the exactly what you said about those classic films of like, oh, I heard that was scary. And then you watch it, you're like, oh, that was fun. Oh, that was uh, thrilling. And I've had that recently. And, you know, I'm just talking about in terms of, of movies, but uh, spooky is a, to me, is a chill in the air. It's it's the potential of uh, being scared. You might survive it. I love the way you look at it uh, like that, Joseph, of the thrill of surviving it. Where scary is just like, nope, nope, I don't need that. Like you said, I don't need that in my head. I'll think about it later. Uh, don't enjoy that. Uh, nope, 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 nope. That's that's the line for me. Spooky's the potential. Scary is the reality. Yeah, mm. uh, I like mm. that. Uh, Jennifer, what do you think? That's a very good point. Uh, Spooky for me is more fun. It's oftentimes a little bit more silly. I think it caters more towards kids like, ooh, the spooky tale. Um, I think of like, you know, uh, anything on on, uh, Disney Plus, Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. on there, right? Like all those movies, uh, Casper, fun things like that. Scary is poltergeist scary <laughs> for me is Friday the 13th mm-hmm. uh, and scary. I feel like it means that it could potentially be disturbing and the intent is to make me the audience member or maze goer terrified. And so that usually that means like playing into our biggest fears, whatever they may be uh, or phobias. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't like it. I feel like it's manipulative. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't like that loss of control. Mm-hmm. I think some people find it cathartic, like you're saying, or mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm surviving this and I am like, no, I don't want to go on that type of roller coaster. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I do think a lot about it, it is control. And I, I've had it uh, where a couple, like, I, in general, I, uh, don't like sort of torture porn or kind of gore of can you can you handle this gore because like mm-hmm. I can handle the deepest thematic uh, trauma of, of what I might be facing but like I just don't want to see a leg injury today I just don't <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so I've done that with a couple modern horror movies where I've just I have given myself back some control by going I re- everybody loves this and I really want to watch it what's the gore level Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a really interesting uh, way to think about uh, control of how much are you willing to give up in order to have the rest of it. Yeah, And that's another thing, too, is that you look at who often gets gets it 
in the uh, in these movies or these stories. And it's women. Mm-hmm. It's kids. It's it's the person of color who gets killed first, right? It, it's so that to me already makes me like not happy. <laughs> like I don't I don't want to see that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that is why like when they subvert it and they have maybe the, the look, I I see and I haven't seen any of these movies, but I imagine that there's a storyline <laughs> where the victim comes back and is able to kill the person that victimized them. Right? I, I'm just guessing here, but uh, mm-hmm. even still, I, I don't want to see it. No yeah. thanks. Yeah, no. I mean, that's uh, that is, I think, part of what makes uh, horror movies so fascinating and their history so fascinating because uh, they they do wrestle with so many perspectives and even kind of the the classic slasher films that emerged uh, in the late seventies and the eighties. There's definitely ones that have lots of objectification and, and lots of that, but they're all predicated on the idea of the final girl. And, and for you know, uh, you know, swaths of time, like if you wanted to find a woman who was ultimately empowered and ultimately the last one standing, it was horror movies. So there's this mm. mix of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. representation. Some, you know, I would think not great and some kind of very important to people. Um, mm. And now, because I think so many people grew up with films like that, there's so many films that deal with that and subvert those tropes and, you know, mm-hmm. things like, you know, get out and uh, endless examples. A hundred percent. I mean, and that's also why there is one scary movie that I do like. And I'm going to bring it here. Carrie. Mm. I really liked that one growing up is the idea of this girl who's bullied and then just <laughs> giving yep. it back. Yep. Right. <laughs> For those of us who were bullied and whatever, I mean, that felt really, really uh, cathartic to watch yeah. that. So yeah, you're right. There can be, and that is a way to explore it in a, in a healthier way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I, I like what you're both saying, and I, I really agree with the spooky, scary divide, and I think it's another reason I like this season is because it, it has a, a gradation, and to me, spooky is atmospheric, gothic, you know, do you mm. dare stay overnight in the in the ominous castle, there's lightning and bats, like the Count from Sesame Street mm. <laughs> is, <laughs> is spooky, right? Uh, one, one. And then scary is more like, yeah, there's a guy in your house, he's got a chainsaw, you're like, yeah, okay, you know, <laughs> that, that. It's a little bit different. And uh, yeah, my wife uh, does not like the scary. She likes the spooky. So it's really fun for me to go through and say, uh, I'm going to watch some scary movies uh, in October and I'm going to pick out some spooky movies to watch with my wife. Hmm. Uh, So we've talked around uh, the beginning of our adventures, but uh, let's go back to the beginning and what spooky season was like for us as little kids. Jennifer, uh, what, what was the, what was going on in, your parents' minds or in your home life that spooky season was really uh, uh, forbidden or, or moved away from? Yeah. You know, she's, and she's come a long way. So, I, I, but I, I will say that when I was a child, really young, it was about like that Halloween was the night that evil spirits were going to come mm. out and devil worshipers, Satan worshipers mm. were going to be out roaming the streets because this was their holiday. And they could be dressed up in costumes and we wouldn't know who these people were, but they were lurking in the shadows. So I became really terrified. And I remember not even really wanting to go trick or treating uh, because I was scared. And I remember feeling very safe in my home. I'm like, thank goodness I'm at home, not outside where these (laughs) evil spirits could grab me. Right. And so 
I think that's also why we went to the mall. My mom, I would I actually wanted to go trick-or-treating in my neighborhood. And my mom's like, no, 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 it's not safe, <laughs> which is like crazy because our neighborhood was very safe. You know, we were going to go to the mall to go trick-or-treat. And it, that was just sad and no fun for anyone. <laughs> and so I really grew out of it very, very early on. I think by the time I was like uh, eight, nine, ten, I was so over it. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to dress up. I didn't, I didn't like the holiday, the holiday. I just wanted to get to Christmas. Um, so thankfully now it's, my mom still is a little weird about it though. She yeah. does not like to celebrate it as a holiday. Um, but my kids love it. And so that's what's is really fun is that I feel like now I'm, I'm getting to explore the things that I would have liked to explore as a kid. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. W- when you say your mom was con- concerned about the evil spirits, was it, was it connecting to, to some of the actual religious roots of, you know, all Hallows Eve, or was it more being in the seventies the and eighties, like actual Manson family type people are going to be roaming the streets. Was it more the practical fear of actual <laughs> serial killers or more the religious fear? It was all of it. It was a religious fear. My my mother suffered a lot of trauma when she was a child. Mm. So it was like rooted in truth of what how she felt as a kid. Um, it was rooted in, yes, in the 70s uh, for sure. And, and that was a terrifying time. Um, and my dad was always gone at night because he was working the mm. night shift doing news. And so she was home alone with me mm. and my sister. And so that also, I think made her a little scared. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And then if you believe all this other stuff, well, yeah, you're going to be really scared. that <laughs> evil spirits are going to come and potentially possess you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is concerning <laughs> if you believe it. Yeah. Right. If you believe it. Right. right yeah. yeah. And uh, Ken, I know you had a similar uh, experience of having some uh, beliefs uh, of your parents impact Halloween, right? Yeah, indeed. They were very upset at the ancient Celtic festival of uh, Sowen. Uh, just did not like mm. it. Um, <laughs> yes, I did look that up. Because I, I love also learning the actual, like, how we got this holiday. <laughs> like, where did right. it come from? Easter, Christmas, all of them. Uh, uh, I, I'm fascinated with those kind of uh, real histories. Not even real histories, like everything else is alive, but just how do we get here, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. talking about Thanksgiving. There's some complicated things behind Thanksgiving, but I enjoy this spirit of that season right like mm-hmm. i can go with it. Mm-hmm. have some gravy be thankful and sort out the rest thankful of it. great yeah yeah some some of that is uh there with halloween and yeah I've, i think i've come out swinging against uh my childhood or the era in which i was raised a lot but also want to be honest about it you're touching on joseph like yeah there's some there's some realities there this is the era of i would sit down on saturday to, to pour my honey nut cheerios uh, pour milk into my honey nut cheerios and and the milk carton had missing kids on it right and mm-hmm. yeah right and talk about just low level f- stress and fear introduced into your life uh i i reference this kind of thing in, in a stand-up bit of just yeah i could ride my bike up and down the street and you know abduction was around the corner and mm-hmm. it's easy to stoke that for fear. But then I, I shared think, uh, one of the episodes or maybe on the live stream, like my, my sister is almost abducted in front of her house. So it's all real. And I, I, I understand my parents a little bit, especially as time goes on. I don't want to just come out swinging against they they repressed my joy of candy and trick or treating, but I wasn't <laughs> allowed to do it. Uh, it was viewed correctly or, or incorrectly. I don't know. Leave that up to all you to decide of, you know the All Hallows Eve. This was a this was a pathway uh, right. to evils. Uh, it's not unlike playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like all those things that were real that you could look at on the headlines. You know, not too far out. Um, you know, we we were close enough to L.A. that 
Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, was something I saw on the news and thought, could that be like you had those realities? And so you got to that by trick or treating. That's the first step to a darker world. (laughs) And that sold to me. And we can laugh at it now, but it was a real fear. And so that just kind of that's why definitely why my relationship with the holiday is uh, is complicated or indifferent. Uh, And and then as I grew up, you just kind of those things kind of manifest in other things. And you know, I guess, you know, grumpy is part of my aesthetic. I get it. But like, I just, I, I roll my eyes at costumes. I just don't, I just never got the joy of it. And I just, but that's not right for me to take it away from other people. Right. Uh, that's mm. where I'm trying to be in my life and, and have, have gotten to a point. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's so going back to a kid, I, I just wasn't allowed to do any of those things. Was not allowed. I dressed up uh, as Pee Wee Herman twice for school. All right. <laughs> Seventh grade, I put a costume together. In in 2009, I, I dressed up as Rowdy Rowdy Piper two months before I actually met him. So, or three months before I met him. Uh, and then in f- when I was four or five, I dressed up as Joseph from the Bible. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Only wow. cost- costumes, probably just down the street from where you live, Jen. It was that era. Um, and that's, that's the only time. So I just, you know, you don't experience it as a kid. It doesn't go with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I had a mix of the experiences that that you're both talking about where I think I had more joy and encouragement and then it was taken away by fear uh, mm-hmm. by my parents. I think I think I originally gravitated toward the spooky season for for some of the things that uh, I've talked about with other things I liked when I was a kid. Um my perception of particularly entertainment uh back in the 80s is almost Everything that came on the screen was uh, some boring human man with a mustache and a beige suit in the exact same car. Maybe he's a lawyer or a cop now or something. I don't know. It was all boring. Uh, And I wanted fantasy. I wanted anything that was colorful or different or would fire my imagination. I tolerated the humans on Sesame Street to get to the (laughs) Muppets. And who is this guy? count guy with the uh, cape and bats and a weird laugh and I, I didn't know what a monocle was but uh but i was introduced to it by the count so like the mm. same reason that star wars and comic books and, and other things fired my imagination is because it was it was different and exciting mm-hmm. um so i think i gravitated toward that um i loved the the various television specials, you know, there'd be a random monster movie that played or, you know, great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I remember mm-hmm. a very young foggy memory. I'll have to track it down sometime of a, a very special spooky episode of the Jeffersons. <laughs> I'm sure it is not even <laughs> oh remotely God. scary, but I remember being terrified by it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it was like the first time I was seeing some of this stuff. So I think I, I gravitated toward it because I think this season is also just a, a, a season of imagination and creativity and what if, and things that, that, you know, monsters and, and beings that look different. Um, mm-hmm. And then very young, uh, uh, you know, I did, I did trick or treating and then I want to think around like eight or nine, the, the fear came in. Um, you know, and, and as we were talking about last time that the, the, you know, razors in, in fruit, that wasn't real. That was an urban myth that, that spread to every parent. Like it it didn't happen. Uh, uh, it's been debunked. It was, there was not a a mass, uh, razor issue. It was a fear, uh, that, that perpetrated and, and I think benefited 
some some people who wanted you to be afraid. Um, concerted effort of different uh, uh, groups to consolidate power mm. um, and in being afraid of things that were different or fun or allowed, you know, uh, different kinds of people to express themselves. They had reason yeah. to want to tamp down. Mm-hmm. So like on one side, I understand my extremely young parents heard a, a myth about yeah. razors, yeah. but they gave into their fear. And, and to me, the holiday is about pushing past your fear. Like, okay, well, if you're scared of things, then go trick or treating with your kids. Look mm-hmm. at their damn apples. Don't just yeah. run away in fear and give in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's an absolute uh, spot on take on it is, is um, you know, push past it, figure it out and and, and mm-hmm. question those who, who are pushing those narratives. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Beyond, Sorry, the parent, uh, beyond the parent in the neighborhood who's like, I heard a thing on a thing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah and obviously like, uh, you know, hey, if, if there's uh, like, you know, if if I had a kid and in L.A. there's like, no, for real, it's, it's you know, documented. There's a, there's a bear loose in your neighborhood. I wouldn't be like, face your fear. <laughs> Risk right. the bear, kid, right? But there's that, to me, that real difference between mm-hmm. what is what is an actual concern. Yeah, don't get in a van with a stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I guess unless it's a lift, which we're now all okay with. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's a difference between those real practical, verifiable yeah. fears and giving into a, kind of a larger cultural thing uh mm-hmm. thank you for the bit of therapy center there for me um <laughs> so you guys both touched on it a little bit but i'm curious uh jen what was how halloween like for you as a as a teen or a young adult you've kind of talked about having some rebellious uh periods and i would think that kind of halloween and spooky fun might have gone along with that did you have any sort of change as you got into high school college Nah, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I thought it was dumb until I, uh, until I was, and I would often work on Halloween. So then mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. extra dumb. So, <laughs> yeah. and so, uh, it wasn't until I became, uh, I think it was in my twenties and I started going to like Halloween parties, costume parties. And that's when it started to become fun mm. and a chance for me to create a costume and put it together and, you know, relying more on my crafty side. So that, that was really when it started, um, to become mm. much more enjoyable. Um, and it wasn't just about like going to, that's another thing. I, I social anxiety. I'm knocking on random people's doors asking for candy. I don't like that. Uh, having to interact with people that was not my thing as a kid. So I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so when it wasn't about that, and it was just more about like having fun and going to a party, whatever. Then that's that's when it became enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, and and being given some agency over it of what kind of cool costume can you make to express yourself. Yeah, exactly. And there was a great um, event at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Mm. It's a Dia de, de Muertos celebration. That was awesome. Um, and talk about like spooky. It, it was you're in a graveyard and you're uh, but you're seeing these incredible shrines uh, that people have created for their loved ones. Mm. And it's really I really wish that my parents had embraced that. But we're, we're not Catholic, which is kind of the origins of the of the holiday in Mexico. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that to me was like, oh, this is so beautiful. It's the idea that you can like, it's like you're creating a bridge from the other world of the people that you've lost in your life and welcoming them back for this day where, you know, yeah. you celebrate the memory of their life. It's really a beautiful, beautiful holiday. Mm. Uh, one that I'd not get to partake in when I was a child. 
Yeah. But to me, I just, I, I love that because it's exactly the kind of thing that, that I like of like looking at, at death as something real and true and, mm-hmm. and in, in not just being, uh, you know, destroyed by it, but, but having this, uh, sort of, uh, honest look at it and wouldn't it be nice if we could connect again, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And you create the ofrenda, which is like the altar and you, you might put out their favorite dishes or you put their pictures out and it's such a beautiful celebration of life. Yeah. Um, it, there's nothing to be scared of. And I, that is what I love. My parents have helped me with is like, you know, embracing death um, and that kinds of things and finding the humor and the joy in it is, which is kind mm. of weird. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thing. Like giving, giving yourself some power over it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or at least, uh, acceptance with it, you know, and not right. the fear of it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I got to do a little bit of, uh, uh, Halloween stuff again as a teen. I don't know. I don't know what the hell was going on with my parents that they let me do this. Uh, I must, I bet it was peer pressure from other parents. Uh, that's almost always the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, in ninth grade, a uh, group of us uh, decided to try to go trick or treating like one last time because we knew that it would not be allowed. You know, uh, it would be frowned upon by society <laughs> <laughs> very soon. Uh, and as it turns out, it was it was quite frowned upon uh, then because uh, is yeah ninth grade and we dressed uh, we attempted to dress up as Guns and Roses, but not all of us uh, looked like uh, the specific members. And I think most people don't know like. Oh, of course, that's Steven Adler, the drummer from Guns. I don't think he was immediately recognizable. <laughs> slash, maybe Axel, immediate slash, yes. But so it was like, I, the, the people that we knocked on the door did not know who or what we were, did mm-hmm. not think people that age should be trick or treating. Uh, but that in of itself was really fun. And I, that was the last time I went like trick or treating and got like a, a true mountain of candy. Even though they were surly about it, they gave us lots of candy. I had a mountain of candy. And I put my Doctor Doom action figure on top of it, like it was his uh, horde that he had conquered. So that was a, that was a ha- my last happy trick or treating memory. And then as I got older, I started you know going to parties and, and doing shows and, and finding lots of joy in that. Uh, how about you? For you, Ken, once you once your parents could uh, were not in a place to dictate your relationship with spooky mm-hmm. season. Did it change at all as you were a, a teen or young adult? Uh, you're assuming my mom gave up control at any point, including last week. Um, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was insufferable. I've been insufferable for a while on this and I'm trying to be a better person. And actually the way we discuss our favorite space saga has uh, helped change how I look at things. And, and uh, I have a tendency to, again, I joke grumpy is part of my aesthetic, but out of fear comes a, a hate, right? Um, that mm-hmm. green guy's right. And, and so because uh, I didn't get to experience it because, um, I, I'm just kind of a shy little kid at times too. So that carried over into young adulthood where, you know, that translates to comedy. You and I have had off-air conversations, Joseph, about comedy and what, what drives comedy and what changes it. And, and I've struggled with trying to be more positive in comedy, which is not necessarily what people react to. They Comedy likes to be, a, people like it as a slam down on things and, and, mm-hmm. and, and the fun. And so watching friends of mine, either high school, college, or by the time I get to LA and, and I'm at jobs, Watching people dress up or go to Halloween parties where you got to wear a costume that turned into uh, uh, just an insufferable level of of uh, of scorn for me. So I, w- I I apologize to anyone else around me during the and I still I still struggle with that. That's just a natural instinct, especially again in in the world of comedy. 
Um, but I, I, I'll use it like this, dancing and on, on a dance floor. I, 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 my whole life thought the idea of going on a wedding dance floor seemed fun, but I was afraid to do it because I didn't know how mm. to do it. Maybe I wasn't a good dancer. People would make fun of me. And I have been, uh, people have tried to drag me on dance floors for a long time, including a wedding in 1999. I went to a friend from high school uh, down in LA, got married. And, and at one point the bride was trying to pull me out on the dance floor and I got angry. And the anger isn't because I didn't want to dance. The anger was I did want to dance, but I was afraid to embarrass myself. Or as a, which, by the way, I probably wouldn't have. Have you ever mm. seen a wedding dance floor? And it wasn't until about 2004, a, a work friend of mine, we're at a work party, and she's like, let's go on the dance floor. I was like, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. And she put down a, a rum and coke in front of me, a hard drink, <laughs> and said, get on the goddamn dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've not stopped ever since. So I think wow. I think some of that translates to how my view that this period of time you're talking about Joseph where maybe I would have liked to have dressed up. Maybe I would have liked mm-hmm. to have just gone to a party. Maybe I would have liked mm-hmm. to get a pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. But I I felt uh, ashamed or embarrassed or unsure how to do it and do it right. That stupid human instinct we sometimes all carry with us uh that it turned into I I shall mock those that I'm afraid to be. And I think that was a lot of it. Now I don't I, I have whimsy in my life, but I don't, you know, I always, when I was a security director, whether I, the days I was in uniforms or, or the days I, I finally got upgraded to suits and ties on Halloween, I was not, I was, people would be like, you got to dress up people in the office. I'm like, what if something happens today? And I'm dealing with a serious criminal threat. <laughs> I'm dressed as Bozo the Clown. It's not going to work. I can't, I can't, it's not. It's not what's good. The situation is. But or I'm, is it going to be even more effective? It might be. Right. Right. Think of the mm. viral photo that would have been Bozo the Clown arrests shoplifter. Like it would have been. Um, <laughs> but I, so that's that's this period of time I'm talking about, and I've tried to move past it. Where even now, again, it's not my favorite holiday or, or necessary season. But I'm not going to uh, stamp out those fires. I'm going to try yeah. to. I think that we, it, it, it is fun and cathartic to complain about things we don't like. It's fun to have joking conversation about what's your favorite, what's mm-hmm. not. You know, we've had some fun with some of our, our ranked conversations where yeah. the three of us often agree. And it's fun when we find a pizza topping we don't, uh, you know, agree mm-hmm. about and all that. Mm-hmm. That stuff is all fun. But I think our society has shifted a lot to celebrating being contrary for contrary sake because it, it gives the contrarian a sense of, of, power and control and Mm -hmm. that's what i fear feel you talking about is you didn't know what to do with this feeling you didn't know what to do with your relationship with this season you were surrounded by it Mm. and so you reestablished control by being the humorous contrarian who Mm -hmm. actually has a different take actually it's dumb Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i have the power back in my Mm. mind yep insufferable insufferable (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> which is different than just not liking it, which is yes. totally fine. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jennifer, you talked a little bit about uh, your current spooky season traditions being uh, a facilitator for your for your kids. So uh, what's that like and, and what's enjoyable about it? I would say decorating our, our house, um, like we've been trying to figure out what we're going to do this year. Um, and the ritual of preparing our costumes, I 
try to start when September, I'm a little behind and <laughs> my daughter, she's like, I want to be a cat. I'm like, great. Super easy. Nope. None of the cat costumes online are good. It is not what her vision is. Very specific. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to sew this. So that's always fun. Uh, my husband and I are going to try and figure out what are, what are we going to wear? I, and then I also got to prepare goodie, goodie bags for each class. So wow. for both of my kids. Yeah. Now that's a thing. I, I don't know why this happened but now on halloween everyone brings little goodie bags but you don't really put candy because other parents don't want you to put candy in there and the teachers don't like candy so you got to come up with pencils and other things you can order from amazon um (laughs) and then i like going to target and i look at all their cute halloween home decor Mm -hmm. uh i don't buy i don't buy it anymore um so yeah these are my new traditions Mm. yeah that's it Costumes in goodie bags. Yeah, no, that I mean that is right up your alley. And you, you, I feel like have you posted Halloween costumes of yourself? I have in the past. Yeah, I have. I used to be more. I used to be better about it. I think now I just am like, oh, what's the point? Although this year I think we might go to several events. So that's a good thing is if the kids can wear their costume more than once because they don't really like them to wear it to school. Right. Um, so yeah, I might have to really. Make a, make a good cattail here or something. <laughs> uh, looking forward to the high quality cattail uh, <laughs> story on Instagram. Um, uh, for me, I, I, I've really made a point of celebrating it. My wife putting out that nice pumpkin uh, and I pick out uh, scary movies for myself and really make time to watch them and spooky movies uh, to watch with Sarah, pick out a couple of books I'm reading. I haven't read it in many years. So I'm reading, uh, I started this morning reading, the original Dracula novel because uh, I haven't read it in a long time. And it's so great to revisit those kinds of uh, seminal pieces of literature at different ages and th- see the different things that you understand. The book starts with uh, with Jonathan Harker's diary entry uh, talking about uh, a chicken dish he had with paprika. And I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> when, every time I've, I've read this before, it's like, boring, boring, boring. Get to the get to the vampire. And like, no, you're right. You should write down the, that recipe and give it to your wife, Mina. Good husband, Jonathan. Uh, so I get to experience it in a new way. Uh, a couple of great things to do in Los Angeles. Um, there's the the carved event at Descanso Gardens. Uh, mm. If anybody's in the LA area, I highly suggest uh, checking that out. They have, uh, speaking of autumnal, they have a gourd house. It's just, it, mm-hmm. it's just a house made out of pumpkins. And oh. you got to wait in line to take photos. But this is, this is a great example of loving spooky season in the community of it. The first time I waited in line, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait in line. I'm going to take a photo uh, uh, looking like sad Charlie Brown in, in the gourd house. And mm-hmm. I know it's going to be this uh, kind of embarrassing thing for Sarah to do because, you know, there are going to be people there with kids and like <laughs> adults are in line to take their own weird, dumb, take a prom photo, take it, you know, <laughs> we, they, their weird costume that I don't even know what. Great. You got a foam anime sword and you need some time alone in the gourd house to take a photo. It's that vibe. of Everybody's there to have fun, which is great. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And then final thing for me, it's, it's a, because I'm a lot of what I'm working on is uh, horror, horror scripts, horror short films because that's just the genre that I'm gravitating toward, it's a really great month to say, I'm going to make something this month. I'm going to mm-hmm. be in the mood, in the zone, and and, and get going. And this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on a new a new screenplay. So right. those are some of my traditions. How about you, Ken? What are some of your current spooky season traditions now that you live with a self-proclaimed witch? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, you mentioned one. We, do, we go to Descanso Gardens. They have a, kind of a 
wintery, Christmassy one, and they have uh, kind of a fall one. It's a great time. Get some uh, uh, a cider with a little whiskey in it and walk around. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually a great thing. I highly recommend if you're in SoCal. Uh, yeah, we'll go around look at the lights. Uh, we don't. It's it's funny. Uh, this is this is Grace's. Uh, prime time season but we're, we're not big on either attending parties uh there's just a lot of energy in that there right um but mm-hmm. even handing out we are a little oddly enough bah humbug on like halloween night like lights off no candy for kids like <laughs> 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 but it's a little like i like we could do it we could have fun with it but it's uh we also have you know it's you got when you got two chihuahuas that bark at a leaf falling into thing. Uh, we go to a, a pal, a friend of her, Jen Murrow. She's big into Halloween and, and uh, she lives in a neighborhood in LA that is uh, uh, in the area itself has some uh, uh, affluent uh, citizens there that uh, go all out, but also people from all over the city flock to it. Mm. It's like you can't find parking, you have to get there early and you hand out candy and that's actually been kind of a weird uh, but fun tradition for me to like go to someone else's house to hand out candy. But um, <laughs> the big thing is yeah, we we uh, when we finally moved into together in 2019, the first um uh, uh October, uh we had Grace put up some stuff, uh some skeletons and some lights and um she was like, all right, I, I'm bummed I have to take it down. And I just remember, we, I just, why? <laughs> why do you have mm. So the tradition is, it, it's already up and we get to enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that uh, that uh, Halloween party. That was yeah. also a housewarming party, right? Indeed, indeed. Big one, big one. Oh. And the house has remained warm ever since. Warm and spooky. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we are going to take a quick break, but first we've got a recommendation. And uh, Jennifer, you have a recommendation, right? I do. I do. Let me find it here. It is Monsters, A Fan's Dilemma by Claire Dieterer. Uh, The description is, can we love the work of artists such as Hemingway, Sylvia Plath, Miles Davis, Polanski, or Picasso? Should we? Dieter explores the audience's relationship with artists from Michael Jackson to Virginia Woolf, asking how do we balance our undeniable sense of moral outrage with our equally undeniable love of the work? And also, is male monstrosity the same as female monstrosity? I must say this book is one of the best books I have ever listened to, ever read. Um, However, it it is a deep dive into some of the crimes and allegations against Roman Polanski, Woody Allen. So if that type of stuff makes Mm. you upset or uneasy, probably should steer away from this. Uh, But it is really fascinating, especially being a Star Wars fan, having our identities tied to fandom. Mm-hmm. What happens when that identity when that identity becomes commingled with a you know a problematic artist? Like if you're a Harry Potter fan, right? So it really dives deep into this. Uh, it's fascinating and a great great look at us as humans. Really, mm. um, that is a great recommendation. <laughs> I might add that to my list. Uh, so to try that out uh, and uh, take Jen's recommendation, do so by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. It's a free audiobook. You get to uh, listen to that and support the show in the process. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. Quick break, but more spooky stuff on the other side. Stick around for more other center. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Other Center. Me, Ken Napsock, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa. We've got costumes on as we're recording right now. All right, I'm kidding, we don't, but maybe in our hearts and souls, we do. Uh, Joseph, take it away. 
Yeah, so we, we've talked about uh, our relationship with a spooky season in the past and, and generally wrestling with uh, what it is. I want to talk about some fun details here on the second half. So, Ken, you've already brought up some costumes you've worn, uh, but that was my next question. So mm-hmm. out of the, the things you listed, uh, what is your favorite costume you've ever worn? Or perhaps maybe one that you want to wear in the future. <laughs> Might be uh, a more wide open answer for me. So, look, I mentioned <laughs> I, I went to school in, in um, uh, fifth and sixth grade uh, dressed as Pee Wee Herman. It was so I just that was I'm going to do it again. I didn't care. I had a Pee Wee Herman birthday party. So is it a Halloween costume or was it just a way of life for me at the time? I don't know. But it was a lot of fun. I put a lot of work into it. My mom, uh, we drove around to thrift shops on the Central Coast trying to find a, a, a gray suit that would work. And we didn't actually find one. But uh, we found a gray suit. But they were all a little baggy on a little, little uh, skinny mini Kenny who was uh, in fifth and sixth grade. Um, but then I, I, I oversized toothbrush, a bow tie, did the whole thing. The shoes. Oh, my God. When we found the right shoes, it was a great thing. <laughs> So, so I do get it, right? Even though I did become an insufferable grump later on about costumes and blah, 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 I got it. It was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun to represent something that was a, a lot uh, important to me at the time. So I like that. And then I mentioned, I dressed as Rowdy Roddy Piper, the, the um, uh, late uh, pro wrestler who was, uh, was, was uh, one of my favorites. And, and I, I was going to a party in um, 2009. I do remember that uh, being the year. And my friend was like, yeah, you got to dress up. And I was like, what the hell am I going to dress up as? I don't know. So I stumbled on that. So I ended up getting a hot rod shirt and I had to find, it was hard to find the right kilt and the right print. And, and I had to get it and then, and I got all of it. And it was a pretty good costume. And then just as fate would have it, uh, January, 2010, I got to meet Roddy and then got to be in a wrestling ring with him in May, 2010. And I got to be on stage with him at a comedy show dressed as him. Uh, wow. And so the costume ended up being uh, important in my life. So there you go. Halloween can turn things into uh, important little moments in your life. Mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, how about you, Jennifer? You know, I'm trying to think of what I, my, some of my favorite costumes. My favorite costume was the Hello Kitty pinata costume that I made. <laughs> I really wanted to go as a pinata because I, I had discovered this technique of being able to like uh, sew felt on and uh, make it kind of fringy like a pinata. Mm. So I thought that the body was going to be good, but then I had to find a head. So I just went to the uh, pinata district and I looked for a nice big head that would fit over <laughs> my head and I found a Hello Kitty one. I didn't know what I was going to be. That was part of the fun of it. I was like, what am I going to be? So I found this Hello Kitty head and uh, I wore it out and people loved it. They wanted to take pictures with me, which was really fun. Um, And it was kind of fun because it was so random. It was not related to Star Wars, which obviously people mostly associate me with that. So that was really uh, exciting. And I I couldn't see, though. That was the only problem. And I left, like, the top part, you know, the part where you would hang it on a hook to to actual pinata. So I left that. It just was so silly, um, but a lot of fun. Did, was there, did you have candy inside your costume? Yeah, that would have been good. No, I did not. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't even think I carried around a bag of candy, but that would have been fun. Oh, that's so amazing. Uh, or just like you, throw it at people. Throw the candy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really tempting fate then to have people start, you know, whacking the Hello Kitty costume. You don't want that. <laughs> oh no. Yes. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> that's great. Uh, did you, so did you take it out to parties then? 
I did. Yeah, we nice. went to we went to a couple Halloween parties that year, and so that was a lot of fun. Mm, that is so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I I love the concept of costumes. Uh, but uh, I mentioned this on the on the Q show as well. I think I don't I can't remember where I say things anymore. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was so wonderful for me when I started doing uh, theater and sketch comedy. It was so freeing to dress up and to be other characters. And my love of costumes and dress up became attached to being the thing I'm dressed up as mm-hmm. and, and getting a lot of agency and power from, you know, dressing up uh, like a pirate and getting to be a pirate then. Uh, so then by the time I, you know, had friends who liked doing Halloween and liked doing party, I just, I just felt so awkward to be dressed as a pirate, but not be a pirate. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm just supposed to stand here drinking lime Googles dressed like a pirate. I don't know. Um, so I had a, I had a hard time with it. Um, and then uh, uh, I had a, a breakup and then I had some new friends I was meeting uh, at a job I liked and they were going to have uh, a, hey, this is like uh, adult Halloween fun. Not sexy, but like we're, we're dressing up on purpose as adults to have fun, come up with a, a cool costume. It's all friendly. No one's going to make, it's not a competition. Just have fun. Mm. And I so wanted to have fun, but I wasn't used to it. But I had a closet full of costumes from theater. And it's like, I don't want to be the guy who 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 comes and is grumpy or makes some joke about how I'm, you know, this is my, you know, costume of a normal person or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I want to go to this party. In order to do it, I have to just pick something from my wardrobe of costumes. Uh, so I, I picked my squirrel costume, which is, you know, a, a nice little suit with a giant tail and a furry hood built into it. Mm-hmm. But I'd only ever used that to actually play a squirrel on stage uh and so i'd only ever like put it on backstage uh with help it's not easy to put on without help and i was like i need to put it on before i leave because i can't like change in the in in the on i don't want to change on the street Uh, i had a subaru station wagon at the time and the tail just barely fit in the subaru station wagon so i was hunched over driving around uh, uh as a as a cartoon squirrel looking grumpy uh and then i ended up having having a great time somebody brought Cherry vodka, and I'm sitting around in a squirrel costume drinking cherry vodka is a is a nice memory. The great that sounds fun. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It is one of those lessons. Like even when I learn it, I still have a hard time doing it again. I've gone to a couple of Halloween parties and come up with a costume in LA. It's still not my. I love looking at other people's. It's not my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jennifer, do you hand out Halloween candy uh, at your house or any of your your various homes? Before, well, let's see. No, I mean, no, because we're out trick or treating. So what I'll do is I'll leave uh, candy out for kids. Okay. Um. Sometimes we'll get back. Yeah. Yeah. No. We also don't get that many <laughs> trick or treaters, is what I've noticed. I do have an amazing Ewok candy bowl. This is like a standing Ewok that's holding a candy bowl. <laughs> but I dare not leave that out because I know someone will steal it. One year we saw uh, these kids come. They were teenagers, and we had left out a big bowl of candy, and they they took it all. Of course. Mm. So <laughs> they're the real monsters. They're the real right. thing to be afraid of. Right. Uh, so I don't leave my Ewok, my precious Ewok outside. Yeah. Ken, have you ever lived in a place where you have handed out candy? Uh, from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We uh, roommates and I rented a house in Northridge for years. So I think we did that um, a little bit. Uh, um, a lot of times you're out. I'll be out this year on, on Halloween. So we won't, we won't face that uh, a situation. But yeah. Yeah. No, I've done it from time to time. 
Yeah. yeah. Only because it's a good excuse to buy bags of candy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, hey, if they don't get taken, you have to, to do them. Yeah. We we handed out candy a couple times when we had our house in uh, in Minneapolis, but then that faded. And uh, so far, no one has knocked on our uh, apartment door in our large apartment building. Mm-hmm. But uh, all this is, is prelude to my next question, which I think uh, many people have strong opinions about. What mm. Halloween candy is good to hand out and what is just bullshit? <laughs> Look, I love candy corn. I love the little pumpkin candy corns. I love all the flavored, different colored candy corns. I'll even eat the turkey candy corn. And it's not my favorite. It's not supposed to be your favorite. It's supposed to burn your throat because it's made of wax. I don't know what it is, but I've always liked it. So I'll take your candy corn. You don't have to hang it out. I hand it out. But other than that, uh, you know what? It's one of the ones, uh, little candy bars I only get around Halloween because it's basically only available on the little assortment packs. And that is Crackle. Oh yeah, candy bars. Like I love Nestle Crunch. I can get that anytime. I can get that right now at a gas station. Crackle. You got to get the little assortment packs. And uh, I will. If I go to your party, I'm going to eat all the crackle while you're not looking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you you uh, that's that's the candy that you want. If you're handing it out, would you try to spread your crackle love? To, yeah, yeah. to kids? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I want, and you talk about what, uh, what gift is BS, you know, it's like toothpaste and toothbrush sets or, mm. you know, the little weird uh, granola bars that, that people hand out. Like, no, 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 no. This is, we're going bad. So yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely hand that out. And the Butterfingers too. I love Butterfingers. So uh, that's my joy. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can tolerate maybe apple slices because at least they're sweet. Maybe, oh, sure. but the, but the toothbrush, that to me is a direct attack on... <laughs> I love Halloween. We're yeah. getting back into the, but actually, let's be good. Let's be mm-hmm. responsible. And like, yep, right. we do that all the time. This is not a night <laughs> for responsible. This is a night for uh, crackle. <laughs> crackle Eve. All crackle Eve. Jennifer, do you have a, a, a belief about what it, Halloween candy is good to hand out and what is not? Yeah, I know what I want to get for sure that I steal from my kids. So there's like the the thing that you can get from Target, which is like the big candy pack. And there's usually a chocolate one. And in there, hopefully there is like the Hershey, little mini Hershey's bar, the crackle, the, um, the M&Ms perhaps. But then there's always a random one that they stick in there that I don't like a Butterfinger or a Mr. Good Bar or a Three Musketeers. I don't want that stuff. That's that, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, love Jolly Ranchers, Sour Patch Kids. You can't go wrong with pretty much any of those. Um, my kids love them all. And I, and of course I'm like, oh, you can't be having all of this. And then I go and I steal some part of the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, we haven't uh, bought it yet, but the last couple of years we've been getting bags of the, the fun sized candy bars and they mm-hmm. definitely do figure out what is the one that we otherwise have a harder time selling. And we're going to, we're going to have at least one candy bar that ruins each bag. <laughs> right. And I feel bad passing it out, but I'm like, it's in the, it's in the bag and I'm not going to eat it. So here kid, take it. Yeah. 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 Any coconut based one. And if you love a coconut based candy bar, I'm not taking that joy from you, but the, the, the high, higher percentage of people don't. So. Yeah, joy. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mounds. Yeah. Mounds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like coconut, but not, not in that form. <laughs> no. hundred grand is the weird one that I like that you get in a, in a candy pack and it's got some good, some good caramel action going mm-hmm. on. Uh, look, I, if I had uh, a home uh, again, where lots of kids came, I would, I would spend the money to do the full size. I, you know, I just, yes. I, I think we're living in a fun size world. <laughs> Kids deserve some full size. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I would want to hand out Snickers bars, but I know the nut allergies. So I, I it'd be oh, Snickers bars. And then right. I would conduct a poll mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to find out that if you can't have Snickers bars, but you'll want something close, what, what would it be? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and for BS, I'm going to go with anything that isn't candy, unless it's like a Pez dispenser. That's fine. Uh, or a toy or whatever. Yeah, right. Fine. But nothing, no, no, no lectures, no lectures in food form on Halloween for me. <laughs> mm-mm, uh, mm-mm. All right. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get the, the full uh, vocal support on this next uh, question, but uh, for <laughs> years now, people have loved the 12 foot skeleton uh, with light up eyes sold by Home Depot. It has become a, a, a meme and a, a treasure mm-hmm. and a titan of, of social media and actual physical yards, uh, across the country. Mm. But Home Depot after this year is, uh, uh, allegedly discontinuing the 12 foot mm. skeleton. Should we riot? Ken, that's my question. Should we go yeah. and physically assault the office of Home Depot? <laughs> sure. Let's, uh, do like the French do and let's, uh, go handle it in the streets there. Yeah. Uh, I would like to know why I, I would go down there right. and, and I don't, we don't own one. I, I think if we, I think there's a chance that Grace would come home with one one day with, you know, um, but I, why? What? That's I, I get it's become it's like you walk in our neighborhood and every other house has one. So maybe that yeah. maybe they feel uh, we got to pull it back to make it popular again down the line. I don't know. It's a controversial decision there indeed. So maybe you're not wrong. Yeah, I have not read in depth. I, I, I assume that this is a, they're taking it away one year as a ploy, you know. So uh, mm. Halloween 2024 will be known as the depressing, no 12-foot skeleton from Home <laughs> Depot year. So 2025 can be hooray, the return yeah. <laughs> of the 12-foot skeleton. Uh, Jennifer, uh, do you want answers? Are you upset about this? I was shocked that I don't know why they would be discontinuing it unless it's maybe a safety hazard. I don't know. I will say where I live in LA, it's even a lot of people don't have front yards and things like that. And so if you do have those skeletons, it's kind of a status thing uh, that I've noticed. It signifies that you have the space to have that type of thing. I actually went through uh, an area and I saw multiple houses that had multiple 12 foot oh, skeletons yeah, yeah. in their yards. Wow. Like, oh my gosh. And in these houses, they had serious money. I mean, elaborate displays, elaborate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's how you do it. But uh, no one around me has it. I do wonder if some neighbors don't like it. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. I don't know if I would have it. I really would be scared of it falling on someone. You have to really anchor it very good. I don't yeah. know how you, I don't know how you put it together, but <laughs> there's just, there's a lot of, uh, skeleton, uh, lawn technology. A lot of the ones, uh, in my neighborhood have the, you, you just get a couple limbs and then you kind of bury them in the ground. So it's parts right. of the skeleton yeah. are sticking yeah. out. Um, mm-hmm. there's, uh, I saw at, I posted on social media. I can't, I think it was Walgreens or something. Um, had a not 12 foot skeleton clearly trying to compete. And it's like giant skeleton, 10 foot, and like, nah, <laughs> give me two more feet. Come on. Uh, but it er- advertised mm-hmm. proudly that it was a, a sit and stay skeleton mm-hmm. uh, oh. or a pose and stay. And I think it was like, you can pose it and it'll stay, hold its form. But I was really amused by the pose and stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those skeletons mm-hmm. that pose and wander <laughs> through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is really the only reason I want to be a homeowner again. It's really difficult to be a homeowner, but I, I might I might do it for the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton. 
Uh, All right. Uh, We're going to go through a couple more uh, Halloween traditions as we head towards the end of this uh, discussion in celebration of spooky season. Uh, Jennifer, do you like carving pumpkins? Uh, And if not, uh, uh, what else should we be carving for Halloween? I find that carving pumpkins is fun, but the results are usually disappointing. (laughs) Um, It's also, I feel like it's kind of wasteful and nobody, nobody's happy after it's done. They're just like, this is not what I had envisioned. My carving techniques is not as good. And then I try and make the pumpkin seeds. I toast them. Nobody wants to eat them. So what I've learned is I get the foam pumpkins. And that way I can paint it. The kids can paint the foam pumpkins at Michael's or Joanne's or whatever. And then then you can keep them. So I have some from a few years ago. I made a Princess Leia pumpkin that I painted and I put like uh, yarn buns on the side of the pumpkin. And it's just really, it's really nice. It's a nice way to bring out your decorations. And I don't feel like I'm throwing away a bunch of rotten pumpkins <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I, that is a part of the appeal of watching them you know slowly just uh, collapse into mush on right. uh, people's front stoops but yeah i understand <laughs> people don't want that in their home so good job michaels on the permanent <laughs> right. uh, pumpkins uh ken have you ever carved a pumpkin mm-hmm. how do you feel about it i'm intrigued by these foam com- pumpkins i'm so out of the game here i didn't know these exist this is oh yeah it's, it's, the future is here kids uh yes did carve pumpkins uh my dad has a lot of artistic skills and he's really good. A good word worker builds things as, you know, he could do the stuff and, he, and he's pretty good at it. I'm not, but I, I can, I, I never will forget the horror of the first time we got a pumpkin and my mom and dad were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to carve it first. You got to take the top off and going to clean it out. I'm like, what are you talking about? What, <laughs> what's on the inside of this? I just thought we just cut into, and the removing of the guts Mm-hmm. Smell not a few wasn't a huge fan of the pump. I, I still to this day don't love pumpkin flavored anything. I, even carrot cake is you get too close to pumpkin cake. I, I can't do it, and it's it goes to that moment. Uh, our house um, in Orange County, actually, I, I just remember the, the little island in the middle of the kitchen and me just being like, "No, I'm not reaching mm. my hand in there to pull all that stuff out." Uh, and uh, we never really did it again. And I wasn't good at it. I was too young, maybe, but I wasn't good at it. So, yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, I, it, it's a it's a skill. I don't think anyone should yeah. be expected to be uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, four year old. How skilled are you with a knife? Like, uh, right. you know, it's not it's a it's a learned skill. Mm. Um, but I had a similar experience, actually, um, where I don't know. My parents couldn't have just got me like a glove, um, but they did not prepare me. I thought it was so cool. Uh, I like to draw. I really wanted to be given a knife and and make a cool creative face. And they didn't prepare me at all. They're like, and now stick your hand in in. Right. Oh, it was yeah. Oh the the smell and the and the sensation. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I haven't done it since I was a kid. And every year, Sarah and I talk about it. We've got our our nice, very small balcony that some other people in our apartment building put pumpkins out on, and we're always too busy. But like, I want to face my childhood fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can touch it now. I can touch that pulp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh so uh the michaels is a good option uh I, I at some point i instead of carving a pumpkin i need to get another piece of uh of the right kind of material and uh and do the scrimshaw carving the actual art form that mm. my name comes from yeah carve oh. a scary little face carve a little ghost mm-hmm. on on a little uh a piece of, it doesn't need to be ivory or, or if it is ivory at this point it's like a piano key uh nobody is encouraging anyone to get out Mm-hmm. <laughs> Traditionally, scrimshaw is on on ivory on you know uh, 
uh, whalebone oh. and things like that. So uh, the, a lot of times what people do is either find something that's pre-existing, obviously, uh, or even if they don't want to do that, they'll use like an old piano key. So it's still technically ivory. Um, mm. but there's also, you know, substitutes out there. So just, uh, didn't want anybody to think I was advocating for whale hunting so <laughs> I can make a small. <laughs> All right. Uh, heading towards our, our conclusion here. Uh, many classic movie monsters are appealing because they represent, uh, the outsider, particularly a, a lot of the classic universal, uh, uh monsters. Um, uh, or, or sometimes uh, even those characters, they're they're directly uh, sympathetic because just it's not even representation. It's just very clear. They do not intend to be monsters. They are misunderstood. Uh, they're attacked and they attack back, all that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, imagining monsters as sympathetic. Uh, Ken, what would a sympathetic monster based on you be like? It'd be the monster that does not want to come out to play, but, you know, everyone respects his boundaries, but he respects yours. And he just sits at the cave at the end of the road or the haunted house on the hill and uh, just enjoys other seasons. And, 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 you know, and everyone lives happily ever after. No one comes back, attacks uh, me, the monster can, and I don't go around scaring everybody. I just, uh, you know, uh, this is where I live. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, Edward Scissorhands at House at the End of the Street, right? Ooh, spooky what's up there. But everyone gets it, and we have sympathy, empathy, and compassion for everyone around us. <laughs> I, I like, uh, I like, uh, yeah, leave, leave uh, strange old Ken alone. He doesn't like spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then we, you know, have a good candy exchange. Just, you know, to appease him, you leave a bag of candy corn at the end of the lane. Nice, nice. Uh, I was trying to think of uh, something that I that I actually want to do mm-hmm. that is entirely innocent, uh, but could be easily misconstrued as something scary or weird or, or monstrous. Um, and I think I would end up becoming the the uh, scary lurker who, who's looking in <laughs> windows, like why? And that the the truth is, I'm just really curious about other people's interior decoration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a creep. I don't want to watch anyone take their clothes off. I, I just am curious about your bookshelves. I think I would be the uh, looking in your windows, bookshelves monster that's a uh, attack. Like, I don't understand. He just likes interior decoration. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about you, Jennifer? Well, Ken and I are on the same wavelength because I immediately thought of Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of my favorite movies before the real life monster emerged. Mm. Uh, but the, the reason why the movie resonated with me was because as a teenager, you know, I looked at this town in the movie, which is uh, very cookie cutter mm-hmm. suburbia. It felt like Orange County to me. And Edward is the outsider, the monster who everyone is afraid of until he shows his talent. And then suddenly everyone feels like, oh, now you're worthy of being around us and you're our our kindness. Um, And so that to me really, uh, I think that that's my my life story. Um, (laughs) That's my life story. So, yeah, I would be at the end of the end of the at the end of the street living in my castle and the movie would be directed by. Guillermo del Toro. There you go. go. A wonderful selection. Uh, Ken, any final spooky season thoughts from you? Uh, Hey, look, I'm going to approach this season here that's upon us. I'm going to approach it with a, uh, you know, uh, a new sense of wonder. What new traditions can we uh, build around this house? And what candy can I enjoy that I uh, don't normally do? So, uh, yeah, hopes to see where 
where the origins of my so-called dislike for this season came from. And do you want to stick in that or do you want to uh, change and grow, move forward and maybe try something new and maybe eventually get out on the dance floor of Halloween? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of spooky spooky Halloween dances you can go to. Um, yeah, I think, uh, only, only final spooky season thought for me is I just, I uh, appreciate, uh, seeing, being around so many people who enjoy it, uh, sure many places, but here in Los Angeles, going to Portland next uh, weekend and they love pumpkin too, or pumpkins. They love Halloween too. And apparently have some sort of like pumpkin growing competition. Cause that's just mm. like a, uh, I, I go around Portland seeing how many freakishly large pumpkins, I can yeah. see it, it to me. It's just, it, it, uh, I know it's not for everyone and I understand, uh, but it is just such a great season of community because you can choose to talk. You can choose to go to parties, but it's nice to just be able to wander around the world and feel the physical world outside and feel connected. Of like, I'm not going to knock on that person's house, but I really love their weird skeleton bat <laughs> they have in their lawn and feel a little bit of a, a connection sense of community. How about you, Jennifer? Any, any final spooky season thoughts? I just remembered that I had a birthday party that was a costume themed. And I think it's because my mom was so anti Halloween that I was like, Ooh, I'll be sneaky and I'm going to have, make everyone dress up. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a video later on about those retro costumes from the 80s that were mm. like plastic. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm just now remembering all of this. So uh, stay tuned for more Spooky Thoughts. This has been very fun. <laughs> I love it. Uh, to be continued. Bum, bum, yeah. bum. All right. That is our look at the spooky season. Ken, uh, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. It's spooky over there. So try to push through the fear, I guess. Or you can find <laughs> us on threads at Force Center Pod as well. Where Instagram and YouTube Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of spots. If you want to listen to us, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more, just search. You'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash user slash Force Center. Get a shirt and dress up as a, a Star Wars podcaster. That, that can be your costume. Uh, Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, kennapsock.com. A lot of things on there right now. On October 10th, releasing a comedy EP recorded live in London with some Force Center friends in the audience called In My Day. Uh, there is uh, versions on Apple, Spotify, but also uh, a special edition version available on Bandcamp. That's all coming your way uh, next week. And it's on my website and also some upcoming comedy dates. New York, October 12th and 13th, Seattle in December, uh, Boston in the early part of New Year and Portland, it looks like. So, Joseph, I'll be needing some Portland recommendations. <laughs> uh, Jen, where can they find and follow you and all your adventures, including your plastic you, uh, uh, Halloween costume ex- expose? Yes, exactly. I'll be doing that on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138 and most likely Instagram and YouTube at Jennifer Landa. Oh, beautiful. Joseph, uh, where are they going to find you this weekend in Portland and where can they follow you? Yeah, you can uh, find me on all of the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw, Blue Sky, and Instagram in particular are where I'm trying to spend some more time, but I'm on pretty much all those places. Uh, For this uh, upcoming weekend, the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, you can just uh, Google HP Lovecraft Film Festival or it's on my social media or my website, josephscrimshaw.com. There are going to be two screenings of this uh, short film uh, that I've been working on and talking about for a while now, The Nightmare Adorable. Uh, Ken is featured in it as well. If you live in the Portland area and you want to come out, uh, there will be two screenings 
at the festival uh, with a live Q&A with uh, various uh, directors afterwards. Uh, the first one is at 7.30 p.m., Saturday, October 7th, and then uh, 7 p.m. on Sunday, uh, October 8th. Wait, did I get dates wrong? Probably. Saturday and Sunday. Of this coming weekend uh, is where you can uh, see those. And again, all that information is on my website, josephsgrimshot.com. Final thing, if you were kind enough to uh, back the Kickstarter for the Nightmare Adorable, uh, I've been working on all the rewards, including a private link to watch the film at home. And that stuff will be coming to you this very spooky week. Love that. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. What are your costumes? Share the pictures with us uh, all through the spooky season. It may be pictures of your favorite candy as well. We'll see you next time here on Other Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.